deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock door it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter play read podcast for Laps fans. I'm your host, CC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I got it that time. I remembered. Wahoo! I'm gonna be, let me think, I'm gonna be like five for six. Oh, wait, no, we're gonna be, it's gonna be eight episodes, I think, total for the play itself. For, yeah. For the, for the screenplay. So, hmm. I gotta, I gotta aim for seven out of eight on this now, I guess, for getting, getting it right at the beginning there. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That is still a, a high grade. That is, that is the most anyone can ask for. We have got uh, a lot of play left to cover, so I think we probably should just jump right into it. If you are joining us a week later, um, let's do a quick recap. Uh, uh, Scorpius has just uh, escaped the evil timeline where all the cool evil stuff is happening. Like the blood ball. And the blood ball. Why would you want to leave the blood ball behind? Why that, is that's... there not a blood ball scene? I'm hoping and praying we at least get a visual representation of the blood ball. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, Harry, or uh, God, I nearly said Harry. God, if you've got to fucking imagine this, this really was the eighth book, me had Harry in there. No, it's tough. I honestly do that a ton in this. Like, I yeah. can't, I, like, I know the two characters. I know it's Albus and Scorpius, but I oftentimes <laughs> inject, like, H- Harry um, and just having it be Albus, um, who is Dumbledore. It just messes with me a lot. It, it is a bit confusing that his name is Albus. Albus Severus. I, I will say a note on this play. Albus Severus, confusing name for a character to have in this play. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, he has escaped the evil timeline with the help of Ron and Hermione and Severus Snape, who did a really cool epic sacrifice uh, in the Forbidden Forest to fight the Dementors, give him time to use a time turner to go back and fix everything. Uh, so now I was actually surprised to find this is not a scene transition. This is still technically the same scene as the Forbidden Forest one Hmm. where Scorpius and Albus reunite. Uh, oh, and by the way, we, I got it double wrong there. It was Scorpius who was doing this, not Albus. Scorpius has escaped. Oh, yeah. The evil timeline. God. I bet. I bet. Jack Thorne. I bet they all wish that they had different names. Not the characters, (laughs) like everyone involved in writing it, right? Like, it's like, damn it. Nothing, nothing really wrong with the names, but as far as like two main characters, it's a little rough. Harry Potter is just a good... That's a British character name, right? Yeah. You got Ron Weasley. You got Hermione Granger. These just roll off the tongue. Like, all, if there's one thing we can point to J.K. Rowling's work and just say I think is objectively good, she's good at naming characters. Jack Sloper. Great name. Jack Thorfinn Sloper. Thorfinn Roll. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jugson. Jugson. Uh, uh, Cedric Diggory. It's just, just good, good, good sounding names. Yeah, here. I don't know what happened with the epilogue. I guess the problem is like the the honoring the dead and yeah. mattering more. I, I think what really like having them both end in the letters U S. Yes, that's tough. Yeah, it just makes them. It just it's impossible. It just makes them seem like they're weird, like movie twins or something. Like they're the 
They're the fucking Matrix twins f- f- uh, out flying around out there or something. It's, yeah. It's, I keep it's, wanting uh, to call Scorpius Scorbus. Scorbus, right. Yeah, or Scorpion, I keep saying, too, because there's also Scorpion King in mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. A little confusing. Um I mean, like, like Severus Snape is a good name, and Albus Dumbledore is a good name. Uh, Albus it, Severus. Albus Severus. Uh, both kind of a mouthful and also the name of two other characters that we know and recognize. So it's, Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's a rough one out here. Um, but Scorpius is back in a... Uh, in the supposedly correct timeline. And he has met up with his friend Albus. He has succeeded. Um, and they are uh, a little confused about what the plan was. Because it seems like they've sort of gone back on everything uh, yeah. that they were trying to do. Yeah. And they didn't succeed. They failed. Yes. And it's amazing. It's amazing <laughs> to have failed. <laughs> this, this is a little bumpy. I The... <laughs> the the uh have you been eating too many sweets again line is very what what is, <laughs> what does that mean is that what, what kind of candy do they have oh, are the, you getting a little sugar high over there i get yeah i guess yeah i guess that's the implication is maybe he gets a little hyper or something but th- that's a that's a weird response to like a guy saying we failed it's good <laughs> that candy's really fucking you up man you okay <laughs> Uh, but he is thrilled to see Albus alive and well after seemingly being gone in the other timeline. Um, but who should arrive? Who should arrive? But Professor McGonagall, Harry, and all the rest of the adults. Uh Uh-oh, time to face the music. Time to face the music. You fucked up. You, (laughs) Screen Rant will, will enumerate the ways in which scorpius is fucked up and albus is fucked up here yeah but, uh, time crimes time crimes and uh they announced that moaning myrtle has told them everything they know exactly what's going on it's a shame we didn't get to see moaning myrtle uh explain to them everything but what a yeah. shame we had to move past that um and we uh go back to her, uh, uh mcgonagall's office for a proper dressing down I like this scene a lot. This rocks. This is McGonagall uh, fan service right here. Yeah, this is the we got our Snape uh, fan service in the previous uh, 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 section, but here we get some McGonagall going off stuff. And for a play, I, I, it's it's really funny. I was remembering that like kind of our main reaction to McGonagall here had been that like she was a little bit underutilized or maybe a little. Um, it was kind of get a hard, kind of hard to get a read on her. There were those very funny scenes where like Harry was asking if anyone had like seen anything suspicious, and she was like, "Well, <laughs> someone stole something from a cabinet in the school," which is yeah, very funny. I was like, "Oh, did she just kind of get old and like a little goofy?" But no, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, she she's back in top form here. She's she's doing the thing that she did to Harry and Ron and Hermione all the time, where she just sort of like explains exactly what they did to the audience and they go yep that's yep that, that's yep. exactly right we did it yeah and, and like harry ron and hermione also get dressed down in this scene too like they kind of stagger their entrances and mcgonagall is like this is my office i don't care if you're the president and it's just i mean it's just like fan servicey fun stuff it's like cute. that she's going off we love mcgonagall when she's being authoritative and and and, and cool um i th- this explanation 
of th- this is also like an uh, 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 explanation of the plot so far scene, which uh, yeah. honestly is a little helpful here because it, it has gotten a little confusing to read, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so having McGonagall explain like, OK, so you went to another timeline, you resurrected uh, 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 Voldemort, you technically killed your dad. Uh, this doesn't seem great, does it? Um, and uh, uh, all Albus and Scorpius can say is, yeah, well... Yeah, doesn't yeah, we did that. We did. We did, in fact, do that. There's a very funny part where she uh, addresses, uh, uh, is it is it Ginny or Hermione that she's like talking to where she's like, your your kids didn't exist. You got to be madder about this. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's cute. I also um, can't help but feel that this is like a the world is right scene, especially because Harry, Ron and Hermione are there. And it's kind of a answer to the scene of like harry being mean to mcgonagall in the timeline that was close but not quite right right. like everyone is like worse like a worse version of themselves or like an Mm -hmm. amplified like bad traits amplified version Mm -hmm. um and this is like everything is right with the world yeah they're all yeah that, that is that is symbolized by them all being deferent to mcgonagall as the authority figure which is very cute it's yeah. it's a, it's a fun scene. Yeah. Um a nice little reset button. Um I love that her punishment for them is uh you can't go to Hogsmeade anymore. <laughs> which Well good news, I hate Hogsmeade. Yeah, Albus already didn't like, which I think is very funny and I kind of wonder if she knew that, you know? Like yeah. it's just it's some Oh, good... that'd be a classic McGonagall thing, right? Yeah, like oh <laughs> you're getting so much trouble, you're not gonna you're not going to do all that homework you love so much anymore. <laughs> oh no. Um, but there's, there is a, there is a good, I think one of the better, more like serious, uh, uh, moments of like the old canon here where McGonagall kind of chastises Harry, Ron and Hermione, who is the president, which is very funny, mm-hmm. um, for being too young to remember what the first wizarding war was like. Yeah, like that's, that's that's a good. I, I there there is something nice about a play, or or, or any piece of media. Um, that I I I think a, a lot of stuff that that features teens as, as like kind of like the central focus of the character has this like sense that like life ends at forty or like 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 you're fully specked up at forty. Right? Oh yeah. You know, and like, like, like once, once, once you're, once you're done with college and you have a job, like that's it. That's the rest of your life. Uh, everything is is on the, like everything is predictable from there on out. And I, I like the idea of McGonagall telling these like forty year olds, like you are really young. You do you like do you understand this? <laughs> like you there, you've got a lot of time ahead of you. Yeah. Um, and room for growth. And I think that's that's fun to see in in something. Uh, that's that's not something you typically see in uh a story like aimed at this age group right like yeah i totally agree yeah yeah it's 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 nice to see mcgonagall uh, us to learn or uh, the story to utilize that mcgonagall is like a hundred she's like what 120 at this point like probably yeah she's she's she is much older than than all the rest of the characters and and would have a different perspective on this stuff i I think that's cute i think that's Mm -hmm. a good a nice little moment yeah um but uh, she leaves them with instructions. She's got to find the time turner. Um, 
Right, because it, is it Scorpius that says, like, oh, lost it, it fell in the lake or whatever? Yes, yeah, it, it's at the bottom of the lake, is I believe what he tells them. Um, and secretly, he may have taken it for himself. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, and now here comes Harry uh, to fully demonstrate that he has learned absolutely nothing and own his son. Not again. <laughs> This is a great scene, I it think. It is. Harry honestly. sucks so bad. Harry Harry sucks. In a way, Harry sucks, like, positive, not derogatory here. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in similar to what I, what I was saying about, like, really appreciating McGonagall reminding them that they are relatively young, this feels like such a good companion piece of that, where it's like, Harry just doesn't quite get it yet. No. Um, He's closer, uh, yeah, but he's not he's not quite getting there. Yeah, and and because I, I think there's there's a, there's a little sense of a uh, um, tragedy here too, because it's like it's not like this Harry would have seen the other version of him. Right, he's relying on like a secondhand account from his son. Right, mm-hmm. so he's this is a scene where he's like falling into some of the same anger that that worse version of him let control him right mm-hmm. and so it, uh, yeah i don't know like it, it's good it's good it's 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 uh it's it's one of the more subtle i guess pieces of character development in this that i i, I think is really fun yeah i i really like that the way that harry sucks here other than just like failing to um understand his kid is that he's still uh, sees himself as like the important one like right. even like beyond the conversation that he's having with his kid but just like to the world right he he's saying he's like yeah i get it but uh your thing doesn't matter uh but i saved the world right he's yes. still managing to loop it back around to him and like his best concession is um, this line, I was wrong too. To think Scorpius was Voldemort's son, he wasn't a black cloud. Like, thanks, Dad. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's a very backhanded apology, right? Like, okay, your only friend isn't a black cloud. He's you can not be friends the with him. Worst, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a very good apology. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, 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 <laughs> I I feel like this is um th- this 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 whole character arc is just something that uh the reception to this play leaned on so heavily um that this this idea that like it's it's unthinkable to make Harry like a shitty dad but I think what makes this work is that like he's a shitty dad here but he's not like He's not being evil, right? He is just like really fumbling the ball here on in in a believable way that like kind of anyone could, right? Like this is this is like every dad's nightmare stuff, right? Like he he's in a, he's in an awkward position. He doesn't quite understand his son. He uh has a big head about his celebrity status that he can't see past, right? Like it's just it it's it's um it's surprisingly grounded i guess uh in in a way that i think for all the, for all the other grounded elements of this play that i think are weaker i think that this this is like a good emotional core that is still working for me this relationship 
Yeah, and and you do get sort of the impression that he has a great relationship with um, his other couple kids, yeah. which in some ways that makes this worse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but really, like a parent and a kid can have a personality conflict that isn't yeah. um, something that just like that just can't happen or is like forbidden for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is a relationship that they're working through. Um, Harry is obviously like the burden of figuring it out is on him. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, I think it's, I think it's, well, it's enjoyable. Yeah. I, and I think there's, there's the, there's the, I think, I think the, the best moment of his argument here is his his very silly uh, 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 retort to to Albus that like well we're different because I was forced into doing adventure stuff well you just like chose to do something stupid right. which is completely untrue right like we know that's not true we know that's not true and not and not in a like oh how could jack thorne forget way but in a like no harry is just like conveniently forgetting when he and ron were like let's steal a car uh to fly to school in when they were 12 yeah, right let's help like, get rid of this dragon <laughs> yeah right let's yeah let's let's yeah there are so many examples of of harry behaving completely recklessly um and 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 stupidly because he was fixated on uh some something he could achieve or something he thought he was doing that was noble but oh, and he's criticizing his own kid for the stuff that other people criticized him for interesting yeah, interesting it's almost like it's coming full circle and this is mm-hmm. uh intentional character work <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps they're more like each other than they think hmm god i love i love it when a play or movie or anything just it just puts all of the those these off the shelf parts that i've like i've said before but just does something really good with them it's possible Mm -hmm. you can you can none of this is like groundbreaking but it is like i recognize there's a story here which is uh more remember when harry was like getting mad in book seven and he just like scared everyone and it was weird like that was yeah that's a little less uh fun than than this where it's like yeah he's wrong but like i i get it i get where his character is coming from and i can see i can also see exactly how it's going to resolve because it's a piece of pop media right like yeah Um, it works Speaking of off the shelf, um, I'm not saying that characters can't say this outside of um, The Lion King, but did you catch the like almost word for word like I scared you? I thought Harry Potter wasn't afraid of anything. No, is That's this just yeah? It's like the Simba Mufasa thing. I don't think I would have oh. noticed it if I wasn't in like Broadway play brain. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't catch that. Is so that's yes, you're right. Yeah, that's like an almost word for word. Yeah, because Simba goes off to the elephant graveyard. He comes back and he's like, you were scared? He's like, yes, I was afraid of losing you or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's also a great a great line, a stage direction in that exchange, which is Albus looks at his dad trying to figure him out, which is very funny. <laughs> it's like, my dad, I don't get this guy at all. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's honestly me too sometimes, Albus. That's we've spent a whole podcast trying to figure him out yeah um we get a dream sequence after this mm-hmm. uh i was bracing for this because i think they have all been 
bad up till this point. Pretty dog shit, honestly. Yeah, the first one was like boring. <laughs> the second, second one was, one was like, yeah, yeah, not good. This one, this one has some cool stuff going on in it. Um, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the, this. Is either the worst line in the play or the funniest line in the play, and I can't okay. decide. Uh, Godric's hollow, godless hollow, more like, which is just so. Aunt Petunia just just like grossly stuff. I know it's, but it's like, but the thing is, the last time we saw Petunia Dursley in this play, she was like doing like insane child abuse stuff to him. So it's like I, I can't. I had a hard time shifting back into like funny Dursley mode. I guess, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And this (laughs) is kind of a somber scene overall. Like, yeah, it's very emotional. So that's a. It's weird to hear that like yeah wondersly stuff this is really interesting though because it's 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 a it's a dream sequence where harry and petunia are visiting uh godric's hollow to see uh the potter's grave and i was reading this whole thing and i was like is this like a weird retcon like is this is this just adding a thing that never happened because harry doesn't know what godric's hollow is in the books but it turns out Harry is like this never happened like like I I never went to Godric's Hollow with Petunia so there's some cool weird timeline shifting stuff still happening that made me kind of think like oh this is actually really cool this is a cool what if scenario mm-hmm. like kind of a smaller what if right like not not a crazy one but it's like a it's like a weird dream it's cool yeah um this is another one of the scenes where i'm like i bet this is like visually very cool right because yeah you know aunt petunia is being like no one no one liked your parents they were good for nothing uh and and harry says you know why are there so many flowers and she tries to make an excuse why oh they must have just blown over from other graves or something uh but there are like so many um Mm -hmm. so i i don't know it's like that very dreamlike and i'm sure that they they do cool visual effects with it. Yeah, and the, and the coolest visual I think is when it describes like Voldemort appearing, right, mm-hmm. uh, in the sky. You know, like he, it's like he he you can't see his face, but his body provides a jagged, horrific shape, uh, and then Albus emerges from like within the Voldemort cloak, which is a very cool visual. Uh, this, this, this is the, this is the best that this play has done with the dream visuals. I think it's a very striking image. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. It's a redemption for the dream sequences, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This play has it all. It has its own little mini redemption arc in here. Wonderful. Um, so Harry wakes up and, and Ginny is like, what's up? (laughs) <laughs> what's happening what's popping <laughs> what's popping and he's like harry's like i just had a crazy dream that never happened and i think we're all in danger uh we cut to what might be the source of that danger scorpius has woken his friend albus up uh and has a little a little secret for him oopsie who kept the time turner i wouldn't call this like the scorpius real scene but this is like a scene of Albus and Scorpius talking about the events of the story so far and about the, like the adventure they had that again feels like almost in a very pointed way the kind of conversation that like the trio never has in the books. They talk about like how they feel about it and what their plans are and 
what their wishes are in just like a way that is so much more direct. And a lot of that is just like being a play, right? Like play plays are more direct. Um, mm-hmm. but it but it is still interesting to see them talk like this when I'm so I'm like not used to the friends talking like this on a Harry Potter thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it like some of it is that it's a play, but almost like it's like every uh, like piece of dialogue, it's like they say how they feel, what they're going to do, but then there's like an extra line where it's like, okay, that's the it's a play line, right? So, like, um, when they're talking about it and Scorpius says, Cedric was a different person entirely. Dark, dangerous. My dad, doing anything they wanted him to do. And me, I discovered another Scorpius, you know? Entitled, angry, mean. People were frightened of me. And I think that if this were, like, a novel, that would end right there, right? Yes. But it goes on because it's a play, and he says, it feels like we were all tested and we all failed yeah it's very it's a very dramatic restating of the themes once again mm-hmm. yeah it always uh, takes that extra step and even like right uh right below that when they're talking and scorpius is like only because i knew what i should be as like the reason why he uh changed changed himself back even though he was so popular yeah and that's the kind of like this is a play hammering in but i i do agree with you that there's like this base level of like conversation uh, in between things between these characters where we f- we kind of recenter where we're at with them, what their motivations are, mm-hmm. what they want to do that Harry Potter never does because all the characters don't want to do the plot ever. <laughs> Book six and seven especially, there's so much like resistance to doing the story uh, right. in a way that's always very bizarre. Um Albus also kind of like reframes the conversation he has with Harry previously in a really interesting way um, Mm -hmm. where he, he says, you know, my dad's right. He didn't volunteer for adventure. Me, this, it's all my fault. And if I, if it wasn't for you, everything could have gone dark Um, for one very funny seeing dark with a capital D there. Like we're, we're, (laughs) we're in, we've got like a new proper noun. I think that is, is, is exclusive to this play. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, with dark and the darkness, that's a, that's a new thing. Um, Do you think we'll see that in the video game? Is that going to be capital D dark ooh, magic? The dark, yeah. I wonder. I, oh my god, if that's the little connection to cursed child that pisses everyone off, that'd be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also there's also a, a line here which like uh, uh, is again like a, a very much like theatrical style of stating of the obvious themes. But he says like I didn't do this for Cedric. Like I don't care about Cedric. I did this to get yeah. at my dad. Which is it, it's funny to hear him. Uh, I I think that like normally I think characters being aware of their own character development is is irritating but i think for a imagining this as a play right i think that that works you know like you've got to keep everyone on the same page as explicitly as possible because it's a play right Mm -hmm. like yeah and then we're going to be moving forward after like recentering on on all of that yeah uh and then scorpius there's a there's a cute joke at the end where scorpius is like uh uh, where they want to destroy the time turner um themselves and he states grandly according to the script it's time that time turning became a thing of the past <laughs> and albus says you've been you've been working on that one haven't you and he's like yeah it's like yeah. it's a cute it's a da 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 moment but it is uh it is cute I, it's sweet i like these guys i like these characters they're fun together 
Yeah. Even after I read you that list of, of crimes that Albus <laughs> did last week. <laughs> even even with his litany of crimes, um, Albus is growing on me. I think mainly because it just reminds me of... Um, it's it's These characters are in fourth year when this story takes place. And I think by book four is when the uh, patina of the, like, fun kind of... The, the way that the characters of Harry Potter in books like one, two, and three behaved where they felt like they were adults that just happened to be like, you know, 12 years old or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. they, like the, the dialogue in, in book one and two especially is so um, written above the age group that, that, that is reading it, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, because, it, because, you know, it's a book for children. So it, like it casts. You know, it, while it is not a novel that is literally casting the reader as the protagonist, it is one that is immediately, I think, relatable to any kid because it's like I, I want to be, I want to, I, I want to be the cool kid, right? Like I, I want right. to have the adventure. I want to have a, a an answer to everything. It, it, it's, 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 but it's got that sense. Th- this dialogue has that a similar sense of like these aren't. The, 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 it, it saves the realistic, I guess, teenager dialogue for when he is in conversation with his father. When they're mm-hmm. together, it becomes much more like uh, these are these characters could be anywhere from twelve to sixty. <laughs> like, like, any, like any, <laughs> yeah, like anyone could talk like this because they're just they're just talking like friends talk, right? And it's yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's refreshing to return to that sort of more. Um, uh, uh, whimsical style of banter, I guess, is the best way to put it, right? Of like, of like, mm-hmm. not not trying to realistically sound like how, uh, like a sixteen or seventeen year old would talk, which is what the later books do. But uh, return to just like you know, they they just they, they got jokes, you know, like they've got it, they're they're performing for the audience. Yeah, um, yeah. In a, in a way that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And who should return? Speaking of students but craig boker jr here ah this is awkward (laughs) he's back harry and Ginny are trying to find scorpius because they think he might have the time turner or know where it is mcgonagall is doing the mcgonagall thing uh but they can't find them they have left the dorm that they just had this heart-to-heart scene in uh and they don't know where he could be uh, yeah, Harry and Ginny have a little fight here, and that's the important part of this scene. This is a great. I love. I love this exchange. Yeah, Ginny's kicking his ass. Ginny, Ginny, again. Like we we talked a little bit b- before about how like like true true. Unfortunately, to the form of Harry Potter, the girls don't get to do much in this story. Um, but this, I think, is the first moment where Ginny really gets to like fucking dominate a scene here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. She she kicks his ass, um, and then like kind of threatens divorce at the yeah, end. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean she doesn't like say that outright, but they're kind of going back and forth, and Ginny knows that he talked to uh, Albus, and uh, she's basically like, "What the fuck did you do this time?" Yeah, um, and and it ends by saying, "I can forgive you for one mistake, Harry. Maybe even two, but the more mistakes you make, the harder to forgive you it becomes." So good roasting his ass yeah (laughs) that's like that's her husband she's getting his ass it's awesome yeah 
yeah it rocks this is Ginny has been kind of i mean like the, the 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 best part of her character so far has been that sort of apologetic Ginny doesn't really know what she does she's doing line or whatever the uh-huh. Ginny doesn't know where to fit into the scene right she's figured it out now uh it's fucking kicking harry's ass up and down the stage right like Good. yeah get him roast him um but uh Al- scorpius and albus have uh have absconded to the owlery um to here we fucking go destroy the time turner is the intended goal here um i think this is another part that i i will we'll read some more of this i'm sure when we finish the play and sort of dive into the criticism more directly but mm-hmm. i think this is another thing that i remember people being pissed off about um oh uh is that like they like why did they think they could destroy it themselves rather than you know handing it back over to their parents if they if they were so distrustful of the time turner right i mean why did they think they could go back and change time exactly yeah it's, Come it's on. such a nothing yeah it's such a it's like of course like there like that is the underlying irony of them saying like oh we thought we could we thought we could do it ourselves anyway i have this time turner here that we should destroy right <laughs> Like, like that feels like a, sort of an intentional joke, even really. Yeah. It, well, and even this makes like, if I'm not gonna say it doesn't make sense, but this is like the more noble choice, right? Like, Albus wanted to go back in time to stick it to his dad, right? Yeah. And then Harry like told him like, "Don't make this about you. I had to save the world, and you didn't." And Albus t- did take something from that. Whether or not it's right, and yeah. said like, "Ah, oh, my dad was right." Um, in I, I think that this could easily be interpreted as his like, "This is how I saved the world, though. This is like my duty because I messed it up." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Again, because Harry took the wrong, like Harry brought the wrong heat to that conversation, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so his son is now you know moved by that conversation to do to make a choice that makes total sense with the wrong thing his father told him right like 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 this is once again harry's fault ultimately is that he he uh he he put it in albus's head that this is the best course of action uh um but we get the uh uh a, a line here that I think is one of my favorite in this whole play. This is another thesis restatement thing that also feels very much every every little morsel of like, oh, this is about writing a a, a Harry Potter play thing. Mm-hmm. My my meta senses have been tingling, right? Mm-hmm. And the um, it's been done before. Let's do something new, something fun. When they're trying to choose how to destroy the Time Turner, right? Yeah, that's a cute moment. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, many wizards overlook the importance of choosing the right spell, but this really matters. It's a much understated part of modern witchcraft. You've got to pick the cool spell. You got to do something flashy. Yeah, maybe we should make this a fun play instead. <laughs> maybe this should be fun and cool. Um, and then Delphi appears. A little sinister this time. Yeah, she's emerged from the shadows behind them. And uh, it turns out Albus sent her an owl, so so it's immediately it's just like, oh well, I I summoned the suspicious lady here. Uh, I think that's maybe my one complaint. Yeah, I think that it would have been because every other time that she's shown up, other 
Yeah, I think every time she's shown up, she has just shown up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She showed up um, at Harry's house and was like, hi, I'm so-and-so's niece. And at Hogwarts, she just shows up and Scorpius Scorpius is like, what are you doing here? You're going to get caught or whatever. I think she should have just showed up to the scene. And I don't, I, I guess like that, the complaint could be like, how did she know or anything like that? But it's a play. Yeah. I think it just would have been a cool effect, right? To have her appear. Suppo- it's supposed to be scary. Yeah. I, I I do agree, but I think there is one thing that I think, think makes it work for me, which mm-hmm. is that I think that having albus be the one that like sent her a message about it that they were going to do it mm-hmm. i think that that makes her line coming up about how easy it is to manipulate him um like like it, it, it provides like an even more demonstrable ver- like like example of that right like yeah she didn't even have to like like be watching them from the shadows or whatever albus just fucking told her right like that's how that's how much of a simp he is like like that i I like that angle to it at least yeah i think that gosh i i still think the effect would be cool and i and i think the only reason that it maybe wouldn't work is honestly just because of how long we spent with scorpius solo right Mm -hmm. so you're right it does kind of bring back like because when i got to that part i was like oh right i forgot that albus and delphi had this like chemistry Mm -hmm. like friend thing going on because it had been so long since we were in the dark world with with scorpius for such a significant amount of time so you're you're right about it kind of calling back to that i i do agree though that there i mean like nothing beats a character showing up evilly at the right time right that's just always fun um yeah but but i think that it's at least a it's it's lampshaded somewhat by like like it 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 provides a good example for what she's talking about when she gives her little monologue about how easy it was to manipulate Albus. Mm-hmm. Um, but and she, and then, and the other thing too is that that uh, she doesn't go full evil mode immediately. She's like yeah. she she she, she kind of plays with her food here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, where she uh, she's like, oh, you guys are the greatest. And she's like, "Oh, what? Uh, uh, what, what? What are you guys doing? You're gonna gonna d- destroy this time turner thing? Oh, that's cool. Like, what's <laughs> what's going on? I'll... Oh, you went to the dark world. What was that? What like? was the dark world like? Oh, Voldemort won. Then of course, oh, you're right. We of course we need to destroy it. Can I hold it? By the way, can I see it? <laughs> can I see this? Do you mind if I borrow this for a second? <laughs> she's so good. Um." But uh, there's a a very I'm curious how what the logistics of this are because when she reaches for the time turner, um, it says her cloak loosens and her tattoo becomes visible on the back of her neck. And I'm cur- like that's I I'm having a hard time picturing exactly how that works. Like who's standing where to see that? How is that? Like is is she? Is she intentionally showing it to like to like style on them, or is it just a, like an actual slip? Like I, I'm not sure how this is played. You know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, maybe she just shows it to the audience and then because uh, it's like on the back of her neck, right? Yeah, yeah. Shows it to the audience spotlight. Albus and Scorpius aren't necessarily there to see it, but 
they act like they did. Yeah. Right? That's like a play, yeah, play yeah. ass play kind of thing. Totally. Like what? Like they don't need. I guess they don't need to like physically see it, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, it is. We're all gasping. It's a staged <gasps> thing. Yeah. Oh, it's the it's the cool bird that was fascistically on the on the flag. Exactly. Um, I love her just very calm explanation of like what an augury is and uh, mm-hmm. and what they do and uh, why it's important. Like she's just fully this is this is the scene i think i am most excited to see in when we take our real tickets to the real play Mm -hmm. um and and sit down in the real theater to see it i i'm reading this like dripping with like evil like smirk you know but i don't know (laughs) i don't know for sure how this is being read but that's how i read it in my head it's just like yeah i think i did too um just big evil smirk on the whole time here mm-hmm. um and uh uh i i like how dumb alpha's is here too like oh yeah she gives this add that to the list so she's like <laughs> honestly yeah that is his big crime here he is pretty dumb yeah. here um she gives this whole big monologue she's like uh have you seen them in care of magical creatures they're sinister looking black birds that cry when the rain's coming wizards used to believe the auguries cry uh, cries foretold death when i was growing up my guardian kept one in a cage uh she said it was crying because it could see i was going to come to a sticky end she didn't like me much euphemia roll she only took me in for the gold why would you want a tattoo of her bird then says alvis it reminds me that the future is mine to make and alvis just says cool i might get an augury tattoo too (laughs) i forgot that is so funny he's he's just not listening at all he's just like just like cool (laughs) i'll get one too that'll be awesome that's hilarious. I like that a lot. Also, uh, Scorpius going, uh, the roles are pretty extreme Death Eaters, and then it says in the stage notes, a thousand thoughts were inside Scorpius's head. He's figuring it he's, out. I don't know why he needed a thousand thoughts for that, but... He's slowly piecing it together. <laughs> um, did you catch that, um, they... That Albus is like, is that what muggles call a tattoo? Do they not have tattoos? <laughs> I, yeah, I... I was maybe they call it something different. I was thinking about this. I was like, "There's, there's the dark mark, right?" But I don't know if that's ever referred to as a tattoo. I did, and I'm trying to remember if there were any other characters that had tattoos. Like, if if one did, it would be like Tonks, right? But I don't know if we ever heard if she did have tattoos. Well, here, I mean, Albus says, "Oh, nice mark." But then also corrects and says, like, is that what muggles call a tattoo? Which if they just say Mark or like whatever. Yeah. Then why would why would he clarify to another another wizard? Yeah, that's a that. Yeah, I was a little confused by that. The the, the rabbit hole it did send me down was thinking about Tattoo Man from the sixth movie. Oh yeah, the guy who the guy who had all this insane stuff in the in the game that we were playing, yes, and then it turns yes. out they just cut him from the from the movie. Sad. That was so sad. It's so sad. The the that that moment where we were watching the the tattoo man like little documentary thing, and then it fades out after they've been describing all the hard work they did designing this character, and it says tattoo man did not appear in the final film is like one of my favorite. That's just such a good reveal. That's one of my favorite moments. 
uh, that we've yeah. J.K. Rowling showed up and said, uh, they don't have tattoos." They don't. They, but, but but that was what I was thinking about. It was like, is that what happened? She was like, "No, no, they don't have tattoos in the Wizarding World. They that would be so funny. They have marks, and then he'd just be called Mark Man, and he's like he runs a fighting game tournament or something. It's like right. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Um. Uh, so she, so, so Cog's whirring inside Scorpius's head. He's like, wait a minute, that card, uh, she's evil or something. Um, and he realizes she is the, the augury that has been mentioned Mm. all through the dark world scenes. Dang it. Fuck. Oh no. God damn it. Uh, Delphi, of course, is not handing the time turner back. She is, uh, the augury, and she said, uh, when, when Scorpius tells her that, she's like, oh, that's cool, I like that. And, uh, she bonks him with his wand, with her wand, and, uh, she hits it, she hits him with the, the, with the binding spell, and Albus gets got to, and she's just like, well, <laughs> see you later, <laughs> I, I owned you. It's it's easy to manipulate. It's true. It's easy to It was easy to me. <laughs> it was easy to me. Uh I thought I'd have to use far more, but you're far easier to control than Amos. Children, particularly male children, are so naturally pliant, aren't they? Now let's sort this mess out once and for all. Uh Wow, what a weirdo. She's very weird. And then oh, continuing that weirdness, she says, "I am the new past," <laughs> which is great. <laughs> I am the new future. And she breaks their wands. I am the answer this world has been looking for. I don't know what that means, but it's cool as it's fuck. It's fucking baller is what it means. She's awesome. No idea what she means, but damn. Yeah, uh, no idea what she's talking about, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I. this might be controversial. I think she's my, I, like, I haven't finished it, but she's, like, easily the best Harry Potter villain. Yeah. I mean, God, yeah, let's run down the list, right? We've got quirrell who like sure like fun mystery but he sucks like he's he's not particularly interesting he's nothing himself yeah. the, the interesting part is that he is he is the reveal um mm-hmm. we've got tom riddle memory tom riddle memory he's cool plus big snake he's like yeah. um he's like the boss that has like a pet <laughs> he stands on like one corner of the arena while you're fighting the boss and monologues at you and you're like fuck you the subtitles are getting in the way of my combo meter i can't see right yeah uh the uh the serious uh who's not really the villain it's Pettigrew. peter it's peter Pettigrew. Yeah. uh harry's dad's rat friend <laughs> the rat the rat friend who gets owned by once Dobby. again once again not really like a strength of the villain as much as the strength of the reveal yes right? definitely uh i'd say the main competition would be fake moody here yes um, fake moody pretty good pretty scary a similar and it's honestly like a similar rehashing of that style right like not not quite as intimate um uh, like like they're not as uh there's, there's not, it's not as creepy as like, cause, cause, cause the thing with, with Moody that was so cool is that it was such a good inversion of like the student teacher relationship that Harry had with like everyone he could trust before. Right. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. flipping that around was just like, oh, he made it so scary and cool. This is oh, a little it's more. fourth year too. I understand. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Yeah. This, this on the other hand is, I mean, like it's a similar, like, ploy but it's it's just it's a different style right Right, but yeah um 
but yeah, no, she's like, I look, I am not immune to evil tonks. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I don't know. She's a cool bird test. She's got a bird. She's like, I'm the I'm the new past. <laughs> she's what the hell does that what mean? The fuck are you talking about? I don't know, but it's it's provocative. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um. I, I love the idea, too. Like, presumably, I, I've, I've been reading this with her having a very strong, friendly, like, similar to Tonks, I guess, like, the, like a strong, friendly, like, Northern English accent, right? Like, that's the Wizzo thing coming through. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. really want to know if she maintains that when she goes evil mode. Like, if she's still... Ooh, if yeah. she's still... So I, I, I'm trying... That is such a... Um, uh, for this style, uh, you know, like, God, I can think of a million mobster movies and stuff where, like, that has played villainous. But, like, for, like, fantasy, that's usually such a disarming, like, that's the funny character voice, right? Mm-hmm. I really hope that she keeps the accent uh, that I'm... <laughs> Yeah, you know, like I, I want her to to still be like a <laughs> like a funny Jordy, I guess. It's 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 very very appealing to me. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I don't know why why to fucking. I guess I guess this is something that we need to dedicate a lot more time to when we finish the play. But like reading this and knowing that this is like the most reviled character in the franchise and the most hated twist in the franchise, I baffled. To be completely honest, like, yeah, this seems fun. This seems cool. I don't know. They gave you evil tonks. What do you people want? Like, yeah, I don't really see the problem. I mean, I think it's I think it's badass. It, yeah. Like, is it silly? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking absolutely. <laughs> but it's Harry Potter. So maybe maybe that's really where all this stems from. I, 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 I think that they're if, if you were on board with the Harry Potter universe still as is as presented by the time we got to like book six and seven right Mm -hmm. there was no going back to it being fun right there was no going back to it being silly uh and and this is such a this is the quarrel reveal again that's a corny reveal but it's not bad i don't know like it's i guess if you're like thinking about the seven books as like sacred Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I don't know who would do that. Um, (laughs) uh, Then maybe it's upsetting, I I suppose. Um, I mean, it is. I can't remember if it was just the movie, but it is literally what Todd Riddle says in the second one, right? Mm. But not. It's like an inversion of it. But he says, like, I'm the past, present, and future or something. And then she, like, flips it all around. So I guess if you are are like, wow, these seven books are the most perfect books that have ever been written. Maybe that's upsetting, but I would say that they still exist, and I don't know. It's fine. It's cool. It's like a spinoff. Yeah. It's a, it's a spinoff play. It's a spinoff play, and it's... It's, it's just not... <laughs> It's not that it's serious. It's not that serious. Yeah, that's... that's And, and like, I, I realize what a... Uh, typically, what a uh, a, a flat criticism that would be of something, or, or defense <laughs> against critique, rather. But like, it really is not that serious. Harry Potter was never meant to be that serious in this particular mm-hmm. case, right? Um, mm-hmm. and so I think I am just 
seeing it return to being something campy and corny and uh, concerned with, like, the whimsy and humor first rather than anything else is, like, that is manna from heaven to me, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> it is, it is, it is desperately sorely needed. Um, uh, which is continued that that tone is continued in this scene back at the, uh, at the, um, Her Hermione's office at the Ministry of Magic, where Hermione and Ron are like talking about renewing their vows and like arguing. It's very <laughs> funny. Like, also, we find out Ron was like blackout drunk at his wedding. Yeah. Which, which that's like a new new development for Ron, but like I, I yeah I can see it I guess. I mean they do get married like when they were like twenty, yeah. right? So yeah, sure. Yeah, he's a that'll happen. Yeah, he's a he's like a pub punter. It sounds like or was right. Like it, <laughs> it, yeah, it's 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 cute. It's a very it's a very funny scene. It's a nice I think it's a nice mirror to the um the very sappy. And not, I, don't, I don't even mean that in, like, a derogatory way, right? But, like, the very sappy relationship they had in, like, the dark timeline, right? Mm -hmm. It's fun. Like, this is still them being loving and caring with each other, but it has... Like, that that scene was so fairy tale storybook. Like, oh, I love you. Our souls are intertwined, right? And this is still very loving and caring and intimate, but it's like, I want to be less drunk at, at our wedding renewal. I'd like to remember our wedding. Which is... <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice... It's a nice... um. It's another moment of like groundedness that I think is cute. It's it's, it's yeah, it's sweet. and and really like the cuteness is especially because he says that, and it's like so uh, like sheepish, I suppose. And the fact that Hermione's response is "You're sweet," um, I think is just very nice. Yeah, it's 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 a cute moment. Also, Harry is there being like, uh, "My kid's missing, and I'm having the evil dreams." Like it's a funny. Not again. It's a funny transition <laughs> between this like mm -hmm. very comedic scene and these guys bursting in and being like, fuck, fuck. It's happening again. Um, I, the best part of this too as well is that the joke sort of continues here where Ron's like, oh yeah, I know your, your, your kid's fine. Uh, I know because I was drinking with Neville. <laughs> I was... <laughs> It's kind of sad. Is he going to turn his life around? Because I also am just like, he's sad joke shop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guy. I can't quite, I can't quite like put my finger on what they're doing with Ron, which is probably not a great sign, but perhaps the actor will illuminate me. Yeah. I think the funniest moment here though, and perhaps maybe the most, this is the most, I feel like this is like the most unintentional Scorbus real thing. Mm. I love that they know something is wrong because Ron's like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know where Albus is. I saw him. He was hanging out with a cool older girlfriend that he has. And everyone's like, oh, OK, <laughs> like, hang on what? a second. <laughs> I assume this is the line that makes people fucking furious where Ron says uh, that she's hot and that has gorgeous silver hair. Um, and then they later go on to talk about her hair being silver and blue. So does that make you mad? It doesn't. It makes me go, damn, he's right. She is cool and yeah. she is evil. It's it's all she coming together. She has a big together. bird tattoo. She has a bird tattoo. She has a cool accent. Uh, but then we get the true funniest line in the entire play. <laughs> Ethel, cancel the goblins. Cancel the cancel goblins. Cancel the goblins. Which I... 
because they're chi- I guess they're chi- you know they're calling the Gringotts goblins to help the search, but cancel the goblins. Cancel the goblins. That's uh, that's been in the headlines recently. You got <laughs> where these goblins are canceled. I mean, they are. Let's be let's be real here. The Harry <laughs> Potter goblins are absolutely fucking canceled. Like, yeah, yeah we gotta do something about that. Um, uh. But uh, they then go on to check in on Amos, because um, they're like, "Hey, we know we know Albus doesn't have a girlfriend. That would never happen. That would never fucking happen. It would never happen. It would never happen." So they walk in, and uh, have we seen Draco at all since the um, scene in the Dark World? Before this one, yeah. I think he's like chilling. In the background in of the that Ma- Hermione and Ron scene? Let me double check. Uh, uh, and maybe in the McGonagall's? Did he show up for that? Ginny uh, and Draco... Uh, yeah, Harry, Ginny, and Draco walk in. So I guess he just didn't have anything to say. Uh, oh. oh, he says one thing. He says, uh, Scorpius 2, we've had McGonagall check the entire school. They're gone. Okay, so he, he contributed oh. to the discussion. He just didn't have any jokes to tell, I guess, okay. in the comedy scene. He's a serious man. I'm just man. really enjoying Draco in this yeah. uh, in this play. Yeah. It's very funny how prominent he is. After Draco is such a fan favorite character who got to do so little in the originals. Um, he's done more in this than he's ever done. Yeah, he's like, I mean, like a part of it is just because he's getting to hang out with like the main crew, right? And that's fun to see. But like he is, yeah, he is very prominent and visible in a way that's that's been fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but he walks. Harry walks in, wand out. So they're going in like Glocks loaded, ready to talk to yeah. to to Amos here. Like, what's what's the plan, buddy? Check your corners, Draco. <laughs> slice the pie. Slice the pie. <laughs> um. Uh. Amos is like, oh, cool. Harry and Draco, you guys are cool. I'm I'm blessed. He says. <laughs> He's very confused because he's like, I've I've never I have never uh, uh, spoken to you guys about this. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, And Draco threatens him with the most profound, the profoundest consequences. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and uh, don't play the senility card with this old man. We know you've been sending him owls. And he says, I've done. Yeah, Draco's cool. What if we had gotten like a buddy cop ministry thing? Would that have made Harry being an Auror, like, better, you think? Like, if it was him and Draco? Oh, yeah. Oh, Harry, yeah, for the first post-Harry Potter novel. Harry's, like, in Auror training. Uh, he, you know, he passes with flying colors. He's, you know, he, he trains really hard. He, he gets there on his first day, and the chief is like, All right, Potter, we're pairing you up with a new partner. And who comes in but fucking Draco Malfoy? Oh, no. Oh, these guys are going to have a horrible time working together, but maybe they'll learn to respect each other's differences. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, the thing about, like, cops in Harry Potter is that they're still just all the worst parts of cops. Right, yeah. The, yeah. Um, which is, like, an incredible thing to employ. <laughs> um, rather than, like, and I'm not saying that it's, like, not copaganda, the, like, police procedural TV show, but it is the fantasy of, like cops trying to actually solve crimes <laughs> right, um, yeah. so so you'd probably end up getting more of that because well, right? it's, it's harry potter is amazing in this department because 
it can't even rise to the level of like base normal media cop propaganda stuff it's like Mm -hmm. it's not even that they're like badass and cool but are doing like objectively evil things if you think about it it's that they mostly it seems what they do is paperwork um and also being really stupid and never solving anything like Wow. <laughs> but somehow with the air of the, and also they're but it's insanely cool, cool and noble. Yeah. It's actually really the most noble thing you can do. How is it how is it the worst of both yeah, worlds? It's, it's incredible. It, 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 it can't even rise to the level of being like, well, this is fun, but like I have to collar tugging uh implications here. It's like, no, the the implications are bare and nasty but also they don't do anything cool and also it's not saying that like this is bad and like showing the reality of it it's that it's saying these are the coolest guys in this universe it just doesn't it's missing on every front my point is that i would love to see harry and draco uh doing lethal weapon shit together yeah absolutely um but uh they bring up his niece who he doesn't recognize doesn't have any. I have I don't have any niece which is this is I guess like I I I was bringing this up uh, earlier when we were like discussing the play before recording is this the first mm-hmm. time confundus or like imperius has like mattered and fooled someone like whichever it is I don't know which which exactly it is um unless you count um when Hermione confunded McCloggan to help Ron get on the Quidditch team Oh right that's true <laughs> So does that count That's hmm that's sort I guess that sort of counts but like th- this is the first time and it's not even like a you know it's not like an incredible reveal or anything it's kind of obvious but it's like that's a mechanic being employed that, like, has existed, again, like so many other things in this play, in the toolbox of Harry Potter that has just, like, rarely, if ever, been used, right? Like, that's... To, stay, to take a step back from it, I... As, as anyone who has listened to this show all the way through is, is well aware, like, Harry Potter is such a tainted object now. But once upon a time, there was, like, the major frustration with it was, like, well, the author won't let go of it, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, won't let someone else take a crack at it. And this is, to me, is just such a perfect example of, like, you know, if if things to, you know, to to borrow the way that this, this play thinks about timelines and stuff, if, if things had gone a slightly different way, mm-hmm. and Harry Potter had continued to exist, J.K. Rowling was not one of the worst fucking people alive in the world, um, and had sold or had allowed other authors to work on the franchise, I feel like it probably could have been bigger, right? Like, there, there is a big big toolbox here of cool stuff to use for any level of story that anyone wants to tell that just never ever get utilized in Harry Potter itself and it's 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 there's like a sense of like almost like melancholy reading this and going like well like I am never going to be into Harry Potter again right. in the way that I was when I was like 13 or right or whatever mm-hmm. right 
but I look at this and go like, I, 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 I think about how I so easily could have been if things had gone a different way. Like there's so much, there's so much gas in the tank here, potentially that just never got, I don't know. How do, how do you feel about this? Like, yeah, I, I agree. And that like, it's the perfect property for that. Right. And it could have literally been anything else, but because of its popularity, it really is the sandbox that everyone knows, right? And, like, the closest mm-hmm. I can get is Star Wars, and I'm not even really saying yeah. that they've d- done great stuff with that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the the KOTOR 2 of Harry Potter could have been out there, right? Yeah, we could have gotten the Thrawn novels of Harry Potter. We could have gotten... Yeah, I yeah. Star Wars is is probably the best comparison. Right? It's just like it is the language that everyone knows. Yeah, so it like um, isn't really it, inherent it, to itself as much as like mm-hmm. um, a cultural touchstone that now is basically like ruined completely. It's radioactive at this yeah. point, right? which is also fine because um, the thing with this yeah. like sort of pop media is that it is interchangeable for any other pop mm-hmm. media that comes along and is a similar uh-huh. sandbox right um yeah but i but yeah. as like that's the thing that's sort of the power of nostalgia right and then I, I can read this and it can be the box of candy for me because i loved harry potter when i was 13 years old right yeah and, and you can't you can't redo that you can't redo the 13 year old no. passion for the pop media sandbox no, no. No, it's, 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 it's a, uh, this is a hauntological work, I guess. It, it, it exists in a very specific framework where it's like, this is the most fun I've had with a Harry Potter thing in a long time, but that would have changed, that would probably change if there were any more or any less Harry Potter books than there are, if that makes any sense. Right? Yeah, I mean, because this would be so the much... weird th- This would be the play, right? Like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, oh, yeah, we know that play, but I really like the 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 moody novels, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Like I, yeah, I got way into the moody novel series, uh-huh. right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's because I am deriving so much joy from this because it is the follow-up to uh several very bad books <laughs> that were bad in a specific way and this play does something interesting with mm-hmm. that right um also if there were more things like this if there if there was more harry potter media if harry potter was being shoveled out the way that um star wars was and 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 it is right just constantly it would also lose that sense of like this is a weird thing that is like, it's, it's weird that they did a play for like the eighth story. Right. Like it just loses that completely. It'd be like, yeah, there's a fucking mil- There's a eight. Like you say, Oh, there's the moody novels. There's the Arthur Weasley Chronicles. <laughs> there's the, there's the Dobby adventure games for the switch or something. Right. It's just like there, it would be so diluted that, that it would lose. I think a lot of this, the context that is making it interesting to read now. Right. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, this is a bit of a tangent, but it's like, it's just so, fascinating to get to this point in this play uh and like so crazy to like to like look at like what it is that i'm enjoying here and like look at the things that it is utilizing like like i I, like we started this tangent by by me saying like it's cool that they used a spell 
that hasn't been used very it's often. It's cool that they thought right. of implications for anything that exists right. in the world. Which, which is a very, very low bar to clear. Right. Right? Like, um, and also a bar that would get uh, uh, significantly less impressive the more it was used if this was a franchise that was getting a million uh, uh, entries every year, right? Like, it's not impressive every time a character in Star Wars secretly has a lightsaber or something, right? Mm. But, like, because, because it exists in the space where this is, like, the only thing that has been written by someone else in this universe, it it just takes on so much extra... Uh, it, it 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 has a je ne sais quoi. It's a glimpse into say. another world. Exactly, exactly. It's just like, huh, this could things could have been way different. Yeah, um, and like, and tragically, they are yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, no, no good in huge media empires, but this definitely could have been one of them. Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's. Yeah, it's less like a year. Like it's not like I wish that Harry Potter was as saturated as as Star Wars or Marvel, right? But it is still weird to look at it and go, it just barely missed being one of those. I mean, I think WB is still like I assume wrestling <laughs> every single day, yeah. uh, and they wrestle yeah. the video game out of it. So mm-hmm. I, I I really wonder about that behind the scenes stuff because it does seem. Uh, I mean, it's different in a lot of ways, but that um, George Lucas creative control wrestling kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just so it's so weird. Like 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 you say, not not that it's like bad that it didn't in the sense that like I'm like damn, I wish there were more media empires. But like it is, it's no matter what, it is weird to see someone miss the shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah, like like there's there's the, there's just a sense of like forensics around this thing that I find very interesting. You're just like you know, I could see exactly how this could have gone, and it didn't, and that's weird. Yeah, yeah uh, look what we have: a yeah. play that everyone hates, other than the people that go see it, <laughs> and probably aren't Harry Potter fans, and two extremely yeah. dour, boring movies. Yeah, yeah, God. Yeah, like you say, WB wishes and and hopes that it still can be the next Star Wars or Marvel thing to pump this kind of thing out forever. But I think, I think this is just the lot the last artifact of what could have been. Uh, this is a missive from another universe, yeah. right? Let's like, hope it is. How about that? The video yeah, game yeah, might yeah. be a, a harbinger of some kind, but we're we're mm. gonna we're gonna not speak that one into existence. No. No, we're gonna we're gonna hope and pray that this is the f- the last gasp, so to speak, of uh, of of the franchise um, that matters anyway. Um, the next scene here opens with absolutely incredible notes. We open on Delphi enjoying every second of her changed identity. <laughs> I am enjoying Where every there was, second of it. It's true. I am too, Delphi. You're right. Where there was discomfort and insecurity, now there is just strength. That rocks. <laughs> She's cool. She's awesome. Uh, they're going to go back for Cedric. Um, she's going to... Uh, she she brings up the uh, same thing. They she, Her plan is the same as theirs, more or less. Uh, she is going to humiliate Cedric um and uh and usher in the same world that that Scorpius saw um 
and return the one true world ruler of the wizarding world um and uh and rebirth uh, the dark capital rebirth D. the dark you know <laughs> yeah sounds, sounds I don't fucking know what, cool i don't know what that means but it's fucking cool sounding she's evil evil uh, Scorpius is like, you want to resurrect hell? And she says, I want to rebirth the dark. Yes. Which is a really good exchange. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it when villains of this type of media just acknowledge that they're evil. You know, <laughs> like, that's always funny. You want to resurrect hell? Funny. Yes, I do. Yes. I want to. I want darkness. I want evil. I want bats swimming. I want. I want the I blood want ball. I want blood ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, she, she wants him, the, them to humiliate Cedric. Uh, and that, that Scorpius has seen the world as it should be. And we're going to re- ensure its return. Um, this whole thing fucking rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she crucios Scorpius, which is probably her biggest mistake, honestly. Albus will, Albus will remember yep. that, I think. Um, but, uh, uh, she, uh, uh, starts vamping about how, how, how important the family tree stuff is and how, uh, Albus can't do anything because he is a, a sore on the Potter name and whatnot. Um, and that, that the only thing he can do is follow her now. Yeah. And is perhaps, uh, perhaps the spare of the family. Kind mm-hmm, of like, mm-hmm. kind of like when Voldemort killed the spare. It's all, it's the, all the, coming together. It's, it's all coming together. Who should arrive at Craig Boker Jr. Craig, who no! immediately Craig just gets blasted. Ah, <laughs> oh, Craig was a red shirt the whole time. Yeah, Craig red shirt gets blasted across the stage and is immediately killed. There's a silence that seems to last for a long time. Then Delphi continues her evil monologue. It took me a long time to discover your weakness, Potter, but I thought it was pride. I thought it was the need to impress your father, but then I realized your weakness was the same as your father. Your your faith in your friends (laughs) is your weakness. (laughs) She is she. She's palpatining him. Yeah. Uh... This is Scorbus real to me. This is my most Scorbus moment, yeah. I think. Um, because it has the same effect on me seeing the word like friendship, and I'm like, is this censored? Is friendship <laughs> censored? Because uh-huh. uh, I think this like mirrors completely what Voldemort says to Harry in that it's like love is his weakness right yeah and, and mm-hmm. but it was like no that was his strength that's what voldemort was wrong about and delphi is doing the same thing uh but it's friendship and i'm not i'm not saying you can't love your friend um but it's just <laughs> it's just an odd like like really if it even is just like friend love she could still say love it's just an odd effect i yeah. guess you will do exactly as you are told, otherwise Scorpius will die. <laughs> Just like that spare did. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a prophecy. Um, we've got a prophecy. Can I get the Palpatine uh, voice for the prophecy as well? Sorry? Uh, can I get the Palpatine voice for the for the prophecy? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, when When spares are spared... When time is turned, when unseen children murder their fathers, then will the Dark Lord return. 
<laughs> I've asked you to do a lot of voices on on this uh, play. It's only it's only fair for a play, right? It's only fair. That's this is the theater. It is the this theater. Is the, this is the purpose of the theater. Uh, no, I, I'm always happy to do to do theater voice or she Palpatine voice. <laughs> your faith in your friends, it's yours. Yes, some evil stuff. She gets the time turner. Yep, she does her thing. Uh, they appear. In the maze in 1995, Ludo Bagman is back. We get one last Ludo Bagman uh, tr- tournament scene, which I'm very happy about because because mm-hmm. uh, uh, he, he <laughs> for honestly, like there's a I think there is a, a little bit of um, th- there's a lot of, of this play that is sort of biting off more than it's that it can chew in a way where they have a lot of characters saying like, look, just over there, a crazy thing is happening, uh-huh. right? Um but I think that that really works for Ludo Bagman because that just is the dude he is, mm-hmm. right? Like he is the commentator guy. Um, it's such a perfect um, fit for him too. Like this is maybe dorky, but I feel like um, Ludo Bagman is a, it's like a kind of character that is a little bit sinister under the surface, and like totally. and, and, like his whole commentary stuff like has an edge of meanness in it, even though he's sort of hamming it up and playing the the likable guy for everybody. And and this scene is such an incredible like I, I'm a sucker for a sinister turn, right? It's the scene we've mm-hmm. seen before and yet this time it's like uh things things have gone wrong. Um and in all of his like um all of his lines start to take on new meaning. There's even this like super corny one where he says like I give you the final of the Triwizard tasks, a maze of mysteries, a disease of uncontrollable darkness for this maze. It lives. <laughs> it lives, right? Like it's, it's so, so goofy. Cool. Yeah. Well, why is he why is he giving like a John Carpenter movie <laughs> monologue? It's great. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. There's a moment here that I I did read and just like cheered when it mm-hmm. happened when she's leading them all around. Yeah. We get all these bits where where they're, she's leading them through the maze. We're getting more Ludo commentary. He's he's telling everyone uh, uh, who is in uh, which position, and uh, Scorpius and Albus like take a take a an opportunity to like run away and like go through a hedge to get away from her, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, where did she go? And she fucking rises up from behind the hedge <laughs> with no broom. She's just flying, and I fucking lost my shit. It has no... Voldemort taught her how to fly. It has no right being this cool. I'm so mad. I'm so owned by this. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, it It's just... Ah... She's so she is such a villain ass villain in a way that is like like of course she can fucking fly yeah of course she can fly it's like yeah awesome just it's so cool uh, just all of it like like of course they're in a dark maze like the dark maze of time and she's like fucking flying and it's just it's just good <laughs> she also announces you poor creatures thinking you can escape me <laughs> this is Carry what we need them. out of out of this kind of property right and that's what I, yes. I that's what gets me every time could literally be anything right take any yeah. media empire type thing and and you could put this into it um but but damn I'll, i'm a sucker for it every time yeah i mean like this this is the this is the kind of like high camp again that like i 
I would probably watch more Marvel movies if they did shit like this, right? Like, it, I don't know. Like, this is what, but when I read comics, this is the kind of shit that I like when when the characters just go yeah, Marvel, monologue mode. I guess that's the thing with Marvel is I feel like it takes itself seriously in all the ways it shouldn't and also the reverse. Yeah. Well, it's, it's too embarrassed to do, to like have a scene like this play out normally right because like if if fucking if this was in a marvel movie i mean like this this scene basically is in like every marvel movie right where it's like the 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 villain does a cool like i'm flying i'm i can fly i'm doing my powers and then i don't know iron man says like uh okay challenger rocket uh guess that's another one we're adding <laughs> to the list or something something right like it's just it's it, it has to undercut itself in every Every time it like lets itself do something fun and cool. Yeah. Whereas this is just like, yeah, she can fucking fly. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem embarrassed like, about it. Yeah, yeah. It's not trying to like 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 apologize to the audience for being stupid. It's like, no, it's she can fucking fly. Who cares? It's awesome. Mm-hmm. The also the other part about this that is so fucking great. So this is where Cedric does appear. Yeah. And when he does show up, he's awesome. Yeah. He did you? How, what? What read did you get? Because this is not Robert Pattinson Cedric to me. I didn't picture it though. Like I didn't read it that Visually, way, but totally, I did picture yeah. that guy. <laughs> but he's like the way that they play him is like, uh, like Prince Charming in a in a like Cinderella production or something. Yeah, a little it's bit. Like, Unhand them, vile wit. Like, he's just. <laughs> He, like he's he's such a like goofy like like romance hero in this scene. It's really good. I mean, when I think of it that way, I I want it to be clever in that like he is a fourteen year old in a play, right? Like, yeah, the Triwizard Tournament is all staged, right? And presumably mm-hmm. they're like they're not going to be killed, um, right? So he as like a kid performing in the tournament is like performing uh, as if there was danger, but is also in a play. Like there's like a funny, like meta uh, thing yeah. going on there. It's, it's cute. Yeah. He, Cause he, he appears, he emerges for the first time. Uh, and he says, come no further. I heard screaming and I had to come name yourselves beasts. I can fight you. <laughs> like he's, yeah, doesn't that remind He's, you of like a kid in a school play, like playing yeah. playing Prince Charming, right? Yeah, or like King Arthur or yeah. something, right? Are you also a task, an obstacle? Speak, must I defeat you too? Like he is, he is like ready to fucking like draw a sword on someone, right? Alternatively, like, <laughs> he's been going to Lupin's um, improv oh, club. Oh, hark! What when yonder went to breaks or whatever the fuck? I, yeah, I. I never remember any Shakespeare stuff, but yeah, no, that's totally the vibe he has here, right? Like he's he's very. I hope he's played that way. Mm-hmm. That's just like the vibe I got here is that he he is he just like walked off of another stage that was doing a <laughs> Shakespeare production, yeah. right? Like uh, into the wrong play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he has like a cool epic duel with with Delphi, and and uh, he thinks he is saved. Albus and uh, and Scorpius, and then the cool, even cooler to me than the flying thing. Uh, Delphi's body creeps into movement. Ooh. She crawls along the ground. She's scary. Uh, she's so scary. They're like having another conversation, and she's like, 
she's like doing evil grudge girl stuff in the background or something. It's sick. It's so cool. I mm, I love I just love when a good villain is having a good time, you know? I love horror that is made for like kids. Yeah. That's extremely yeah. my shit. I hope they do the like I can't remember what the effect is called where you like sort of strobe uh not like a full strobe, but you like flicker lights so it looks like someone is like teleporting forward. I hope they do that. Oh yeah. That'd Ooh, I could see that. Sick. That would be cool. But she's uh she 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 does a creepy little crawl over to the time turner while they're talking with Cedric the hero. <laughs> they also have this great conversation with Cedric where they're just like, Your dad loves you, man. Yeah, it's like, really what? <laughs> It's a very funny moment. I love like speaking of like like horror that's made for kids, right? Like this this is a scene where it's like there is a comedy scene happening in the foreground yeah. where where they're like trying to awkwardly explain this thing to Cedric because they know he has to die. Mm-hmm. Um and in the background, like the grudge is happening. Like <laughs> like <laughs> Delphi is twisting around and, and creeping creeping to get the time turner. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very funny image. I th- there's there's something happening here that is very rare for me where like I'm reading this 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 description and I hope that it happens exactly like this, right? Yep. Like like I, I don't know how much has to get changed between this and the production, but I, I read this and I'm like, this is perfect. I no notes. I want mm-hmm. th- I want her to wiggle around and be creepy in the background while they're having a like jokey conversation with Cedric Diggory. It's so visual. Absolutely. It's uh, it really gets it across for me. But she she sneaks away. She pulls out the time turner and she spins it up. Spinning it up. I don't remember the mechanics of the time here. Unfortunately, do they go somewhere? She's like stranding them out of time or something is the. Yeah, we're stuck here, whatever, wherever in time we are, whatever it is she's planning to do. Albus looks around, desperately trying to process what happens. Hogwarts looks the same. Yes, and we can't be seen here. Let's get out of here before we're spotted. So she's like, she, I guess she's like stranding them in the evil world that she's made or something. That makes sense. She ascends. She, she, she laughs in delight as she sets off away into the sky, which shit. is... Good shit. What if what if there was an evil lady? <laughs> I'm always asking this. This is what Harry Potter has needed this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um so we're back in the uh the 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 old wizard's home. They're checking uh uh Amos's room. God, there's so many character names to keep track of in this thing. Um they are in Amos's room. They're discussing that it must be a confundus charm that she that uh, Delphi used on him, used on them all. She faked being nice and she faked being oh no, she faked being a nurse and she faked being his niece. She did not fake being nice. She did fake being nice though. She did. She did fake being nice. She did do that, but that's not what what was written there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they uh, they're looking for some clues. Uh, with the clue revealing spell, specialist Revelio, which is uh. It's a video game spell. Reveal I think. spell. That's, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's another one from the games. Um, uh, and uh, they find an old oil lamp uh, that uh, uh, is instead of like hissing like gas, it's hissing like a snake. And Harry realizes that he's hearing Parseltongue again, which should not be happening because Voldemort died. 
and the little piece of his soul that was inside him disappeared. So that's not good. Mm -hmm. And that's when they hear the prophecy again. It also says, welcome augury. Like, when she, the, she when that for the, herself. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, look, she's proud of, she's proud of her whole deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, they shine, like, magic black light around the room to discover that written in a mysterious substance all over the walls of the theater. I, th I think the implication here is it's all, it says all of the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Words are revealed on all the walls of the auditorium. I will rebirth the dark. I will bring my father back. Ah! I will say the way that they end this act is I think they chose a very funny exchange to end it on. They don't end it on, no, she can't. How is it possible? They ended on Draco saying Voldemort had a daughter and Harry going, no, anything but that. No, not that. <laughs> no, not a daughter. No, God shit. damn it. Ah. I th I hope that he doesn't. The w I would be so mad if Voldemort had a cool daughter. That would f that would <laughs> suck. That would ruin my day to learn. We thought it was Scorpius. <laughs> Sorry, Draco. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> but he's exonerated. It's, Draco's it's time exonerated. To call the Daily Prophet right away. <laughs> yeah, they're like leaving the they're leaving the old folks home, and Draco's like so. Could you, like, send an owl to the newspaper or something? Because now we know, we've got some proof here. Some bad news, Voldemort had a daughter, <laughs> but the good news is I did not send my wife back in time so that I could be cucked by Voldemort. <laughs> Harry's just like, maybe it's a secret daughter. Maybe they're yours, siblings. You know? Maybe they're siblings. <laughs> I don't know, you can't, can't prove they're not until we meet her. <laughs> Christ. It's so weird reading this and enjoying it. I know. This this I this I think is the best section that we've gotten so far. Um I think the 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 act 1 started a little rough. I think act 2 had the weakest stuff with the um Myrtle stuff and, and you know, there's some other stuff in there and the Padma and Hermione and all that stuff I think was quite weak. Mm -hmm. This other than some like pacing stuff where I was like I don't really know did I miss something? Like, like it, it, where it was sort of like outlining stuff a little clunkily. But other than that, I think this this is all bangers. This this is a heater of an act. I'm trying to think how I would react to the Voldemort daughter reveal if I didn't know, because that's like obviously we have the big spoiler of that being the yeah. case, and so. The thing is, is that it doesn't have the effect of a twist on me, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it ruins it to not be a twist, which is already a good start for a twist, right? Um, yeah. But I don't, like, I think that people reacted really negatively, so I'm trying to figure out, like, how how I would feel if I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I think I would have known she was a villain. I don't think, because that, that's basically, like, the two things I knew. I knew that Cedric uh, became a Death Eater in, like, the evil timeline. I knew that Delphi was Voldemort's daughter, and mm -hmm. that she was the villain. but th So, like, at this point, it's all a mystery to me, although I do think it is very predictable. I, I mean, her being a villain is, like, so easily telegraphed from stage one, yeah. right? Just because, like, it's like, why else, like you, like you were saying earlier, like, why else is this, like, mysterious 20-something 
trying so hard to be friends with Albus, right? Yeah. Like, there, nothing good is and, coming like, from And, like, none this. of the adult characters know about her, or mm-hmm. like, she's never, mm-hmm. like, around anyone, and also, like, why introduce this cool character for no reason, right? Like, yeah. that's all very obvious. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I think it, it, it's interesting how visceral the reaction from the fan base is mm-hmm. because because so much of it seems centered around like this twist, right? Like the vitriol for the play. This is like the number one thing whenever whenever anyone has asked about like what they don't like about it. It's it's the it's the it's this development here. I think there's there's one I think reasonable like like answer that I can think of, and it's like well. That's silly because uh, uh, Voldemort died and uh, Bellatrix died too. And it ne- the books never said she was pregnant. So it's kind of a big plot hole. Um, that is, I guess, that, that that is like, that is a technical victory, right? And it's just like, yeah, I guess so. But it's not, this isn't the kind of story, I guess, for me personally, where that kind of thing matters, right? Like so much is happening elsewhere in these books and so much time passes between events i mean like like they have like a whole summer breaks off in in the in the novels yeah right? i mean like, i don't know how stuff's much happening i don't know how much like time has like okay i don't know when or if there's any like extraneous stuff that they said outside of the play that says like when she was born but we mm-hmm. don't we have like so voldemort was resurrected in the fourth book so we have all of year five and yeah. six and yep. most of seven. Yeah. And like that Bellatrix, Bellatrix is that accounted for, right? Right. Like Bellatrix appears in those, but I I feel like you could carve out like enough time for her to like have a kid in, in there, yeah. probably. I mean you're probably like also not going to be necessarily visually pregnant for all nine months, right? Right. So it's just Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. don't think it's that much of a stretch. No, it's 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 one of those things where it's like maybe you can't put an exact marker of time on it, but this isn't like a the kind of mystery where you would need to do that right. What matters is that there is enough unaccounted for time in in the way that this story is told that I think it is still reasonable to slot that in somewhere, right? Like yeah, Lupin it, and Tonks a- managed to have a baby. <laughs> right, yes, yeah, we never saw, I believe we never saw, like, visibly pregnant Tonks in the books, so who cares, right? Like, it doesn't, yeah, it's, um, I, I like, it's, it's, it, it's, that's one that I at least get, but I, but I, I kind of push back against, it's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that much, like, it's not, it's, it, we're, we're not seeing bellatrix 24 7 in any of these books right yeah Um, i mean i guess it changes our understanding of the nature of their relationship but i don't think i i don't think there's that much importance on the bellatrix voldemort relationship in the first place that that part is really funny to me too because it's like uh, there there's the most extreme end of that argument which is that like Voldemort would never fuck uh, <laughs> yeah. because because he doesn't feel love or whatever. And it's like, okay, we've got to unpack like 12 different things about yeah, this I don't, Yeah, I don't even want to start yeah. with that. Yeah, this is on its face a ridiculous argument. Um, but also, Bellatrix, as presented in the books, is like constantly fawning over Voldemort, mm-hmm. right? So the idea that like they would not fuck is just 
bizarre to me. Like all you, you don't it's never mentioned explicitly in the book, uh, but it also it never like outlines a reason why they wouldn't or couldn't. Right. So again, sort of a flimsy argument, I guess, uh, like about whether or not, like uh, how, how realistic, excuse me, how realistic it is that, that they would fuck. It's like, eh, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Right. Uh, and Delphi is like, so like contained in this story, right? Like, I don't yeah. think that, I assume she doesn't run off in the end uh, to have, like, wider series implications. Mm -hmm. I I don't know that for sure, but that's going to be my assumption based on how the rest of this play has been handled. So so I don't know. She just kind of exists in this, right? Yeah, it's I mean, like, yeah, it's it's and and this gets back into into like the the very, very narrow context this play exists in Mm -hmm. where. There are plenty of stories in wider frameworks or franchises that I dislike for very similar reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I, I I am very wary of of whenever a character turns out to be related to a character you know, because usually that is just a excuse to like kick the can down the road and be like, look, it's like character you like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but again, this this exists in that very narrow context that we were talking about earlier, which is like this is the one existing piece of Harry extant like 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 Harry Potter media that comes from a different writer. This is from Jack Thorne. Um, uh, this is uh, a side story. This is a play. <laughs> I, must, must, I must reiterate, this is a play that they know that, like, not very many people statistically are going to get to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a it is a big event for people to go to in a physical space. It's just, like, even... Like, so, um, in our previous episode, I mentioned the one act version or the excuse me not the one act the one part version of this play mm-hmm. right um that has just recently set a higher box office return than it did as a two-parter wow um uh, uh the apparently the one part version of this has been doing gangbusters hmm. but for some context on that that gangbusters is 1.7 million dollars hmm. so like not very much money all told this is a this is like broadway and 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 theater in general it is a pretty small slice of like any given media empire right like it is uh it's 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 a very popular play but like it's not carrying the franchise like uh, crimes of grindelwald was a flop at like four hundred million dollars, right? So, you know, and and obviously, like those cost more to produce, but it's like, but like the scale of what we're dealing with here is so small that right. it is very funny to me that people treat it like this was like the next big movie. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. or the next book? Because it just wasn't. It was a play. <laughs> like no, no, barely anyone gets to see it. It's a, it's a fun event that they cook up for people who like theater. I'm very curious if I can find out how much the um, release of the book made. Because Ooh, yeah, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child becomes biggest selling play script since records began. Play script <laughs> sold 
847,886 copies worth 8.76 million pounds in its first week. Again, I mean, like, like it, this is the other thing too. Is like this is trickling down from how much smaller a a a thing books are, right? Right. Like that eight point seven million. That's like a lot of money for books and a lot of money for play scripts. But like, we're also talking about Harry Potter, a thing that used to make movies that you know were the tops of the box office every year that were like you know encroaching on hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's it's. The the scale of the um, uh, who this is intended for, I think, is just I, I, I mean, completely on the shoulders of the marketing team, right? Like this is not an excuse. This is this is something that is the fault of the marketing team and this to, the the leaning on that. This is the eighth book. Mm-hmm. The fault you say, and yet it is the best selling play script of all time. So they do okay. a pretty good job. Okay, yes. How how should I put this? <laughs> I know what you mean. It is. Morally, it's the fault of the <laughs> of the marketing mm-hmm. team, right? Obviously, they did their job. It clearly worked. Uh, for as as to where it lands in the um in the fandom, they set it up for this reaction. Oh, yeah. I think, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a fucking fascinating piece of media, yes. right? Like it's just I'm 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 constantly being surprised by what it is and also what it is in relation to what i have heard about it for all these years right like like just hearing that this was just like the 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 super villain of the harry potter fandom and then engaging with it and and trying to piece together why i'm just yeah and i'm like oh it was just silly the whole time (laughs) yeah it's just it's just kind of silly and fun and frivolous and it's like well that that would piss me off about a lot of things, but for this specific thing, this specific context, I'm like, eh, you know what? This is this is about what Harry Potter should be. You yeah, know? I mean, the Delphi thing makes so much sense to me, because in the same way that, like, I feel like there was a meeting and they were like, yep, you have to put Ron and Hermione in the, in the Harry Potter play. I think they were also <laughs> like, okay, you have to put Voldemort in. But you can't put him in too much, and it has to be a way that, like, doesn't change the canon, right? So it's like, how Uh do you do that? And this is the way you do that. And it's with his daughter flying over a maze, cackling. It is so crazy thinking about how, you know, noticing how each year that this play has been out, they have given Jack uh, and John more and more credit each round of interviews you know i want to know so badly how much uh jk rowling actually contributed to this um because i will agree with the fandom just coming from a completely different angle i don't think delphi other than like approving it right i i don't think that it was really much of her idea i would bet that it wasn't because Similar to a lot of things in this play, Delphi seems to exist to examine. I mean, like I mean, like this. This is going to make it sound like more heady than it really is, but but I but I, I think that this is true. Like to exist to 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 examine the role of the like family bloodlines and fate stuff in this series, mm-hmm. right? Because, again, I have not finished the play yet, but I am going to call a shot sure. here. 
and say that this probably ends somehow with her them going back in time and like undoing her getting given to the roles or whatever and not being raised by evil nazis for her whole life um and she becomes normal or disappears or you know what i mean like 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 that that feels fairly on the wall here uh, uh in the same way that like Scorpius is not living up to what we expect from a Malfoy, and and Albus is not living up to what he thinks a Potter. Like every character in this play seems to exist to refute the idea of of um the like the all the family tree shit in Harry Potter. I mean, she's gonna um, kill Voldemort, right? Like, there, I I do not know that, but I assume like the uh-huh. misread of the prophecy is that she is the unseen child, right? She and is the she unseen child, it's right? Albus, and that's why she needs him to do the thing on his own. But right. something is going. There's going to be a catalyst of some sort. Maybe it's messing with time, and then she's gonna kill her own yeah. father. Yeah, it's 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 got to be something like that. But but like these are things that I just could not. Given, given in comparison to Fantastic Beasts, right, which is like fucking basically about nothing <laughs> um, thematically, uh, other than her weird political views. But like, like J.K. Rowling has no interest in examining Harry Potter in this lens, right? Like, like not at all. Zero self reflection in her Fantastic Beasts films, which are her continuing Harry Potter. Um, so I. I yeah, I would just be so fascinated to know what it is she thought this was, whether she knew whether like you know how did they did, did they have a working relationship where they could say we want to make this a self reflexive thing and she said okay go for it was did they have to couch it did they like I like I was bringing up the Todd like telling Todd Howard it's like Star Wars thing right <laughs> like did they have to did they did they have to like you know, couch everything and like, oh, you know, it's like, uh, it's about like family trees and stuff like you like. I, I'm just, th- there's no, I don't have any like real critical point that I'm building to here uh, about it, but I'm just like, personally, I would love to know what the fuck that working relationship was like because this play is not what I would expect her to like want to put her name on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm, my, my bet is still on, um, them doing it and having required quarterly meetings where she like corrects it right and being like uh Mm -hmm. draco's wife actually died of the maledictus curse that's that's my guess surely there's some clues and some more interviews and things we can we can find yeah once 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 we've read the full thing i think i will do a deep dive on like interviews and 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 articles and stuff because i just i feel like the answer has got to be out there as to like what exactly was her involvement um because there's there's there it's it's difficult right because the the fandom also believes that she didn't have much involvement in it but they like treat her like she was a hostage right like right? that's like, why it's bad is because she wasn't like allowed to write it or something yeah yeah it's always treated like 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 i know you know i know she couldn't have written this because it's bad and i'm like i can tell i i personally feel i can tell that she didn't have much involvement in it, but it's not because it's, it's not also, it's to be clear. It's also not because I think it's, it's good. I, 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 I think that there are just particulars thematically 
that I'm like, I look at that and go like, that is not what JK Rowling is concerned with as a writer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also just, I think it's easier to even make that assumption, having access to her other styles of work too. Cause, because we have Harry Potter, we have, the fantastic beasts script like it, it, like we have another script that she wrote right mm-hmm. and we have casual vacancy we have the the bits of the robert galbraith books that she's written and i'm just like that those all i can connect all of those together and i can't connect this to those it, it is her, she is so, sometime in 2005 or whatever she just got it. She just got the bug and all of her writing became, uh, uh, political. And I don't mean in the sense of like, you know, uh, keep politics out of my Harry Potter. I mean that like she writes political treatises, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she writes political thrillers. She, she, her, her goal in all of her writing is to describe, uh, the politics of a situation that is the casual vacancy to a T that like the casual vacancy is about an election, mm-hmm. right? Like it's about a, a count, a, a local council election. Ro- all the Robert Galbraith mysteries are about hot button issues in the, there's like the, there's like the writer who, who wants to be able to, to write what, what they want to write without being canceled. Right. And they think they're linked to a murder or, and there's like a, a serial killer that's in the news who is doing ripped from the headlines shit. There's, then there's fantastic beast, which again is about like the rise of fascism in, in like weimar germany now which is like insane (laughs) she is she loves writing political thrillers she just doesn't have interesting politics i think there are authors out there who have materially probably worse politics than jk rowling who are still better at writing political thrillers right like it's just she is there's a particularly funny strain of like incompetence to her her post i guess order of the phoenix is where it really started writing where she just became obsessed with like like politics capital p politics in her stories where where, like it's fascinating because she she's clearly enamored with political stories but she doesn't have a fucking clue about like what politics are and what informs people's politics and like what you know yeah, what I mean. I mean like, there's like an ego there, and none of that, that's in here that, that she wouldn't need to, right? Like I like she right. wouldn't need to know anything other than than what she already believes. Um, right, right. And, and this, this, you know, this has problems. This, this, this play has its dog shit moments. But like the things that suck in this play. I guess other than like the Padma stuff, which is, which feels like right in J.K. Rowling's wheelhouse, the things that are 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 are, are uh, 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 quite bad here are are bad in a different way. You know what I mean? Like if I'm if I'm doing writer forensics on this, I'm like, yeah, this is bad in a different way than normal. I think this might be Jack Thorne writing a bad part of the play rather than J.K. Rowling. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? I like because it's like usually. Uh, it's like it's not about that like the, the cursed child is a character story and somewhere somewhere yeah. along the way jk rowling got this reputation before all before all of the like current stuff she got this reputation as yeah. writing great characters yes yeah and i don't think she ever did and that isn't even really a <laughs> knock on the like early 
uh, like kids book, like really pretty stock kids book, like mysteries, but they're mm-hmm. not character stories, really. No, she she wrote she wrote stock characters, and that's totally it's fine. It's totally right? fine. Like, this is a character story, right? The cursed child is. Um, yeah, Harry, specifically Harry and Albus. Harry and Albus. Right? Like, yep. Like they and there's are... like a subplot that is the Scorpius Draco story um, that they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm just. I I don't think that J.K. Rowling is like a character writer. No, no, she, she, she is, she, especially, like, more recently, she is a thriller writer, um, and she is a, she is a, a plotter, you know, and this, this is not that, this is, this is, this is so unlike her writing, it, 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 it feels very plain to me that she, had oversight at most over this stuff, right? Um, I, I swear it was just the, lore oversight. That's like my guess. I yeah. honestly have I have no insider information. This is pure speculation. No. But I'm like, no way. It's not just like Ron runs the joke shop. Uh, this spell <laughs> is is this incant- incantation, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, 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 please put some family tree stuff in there for me. <laughs> uh, um, uh, put a really racist part in there. I like writing those. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it, that, that's that's kind of like the extent of the stuff that I look at and go like, oh yeah, that could be Joe, but it's it's like not really, uh, not really her style. Otherwise, I mean, the, on the flip side of that, she was very happy to take credit for it all too, which is another very funny wrinkle in all this, right? Like the her name's on the building in giant letters. Uh, that insane photo of her with the halo uh, behind her. I can't her. stop thinking about that photo. It's so good. But but like, but yeah, she, she, it's very interesting how this was being written around the same time as Fantastic Beasts. And in all of her sort of like damning with faint praise explanations of how thrilled she was to work with Jack and, uh, Jack and John. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, oh, I, you know, I've never written a play before. I, I, uh, you know, these these guys are so talented. It was a th- it was a pleasure to work with them. Whereas on Fantastic Beasts, she's like, I wrote the fucking script. <sighs> this is my fucking script. No one else is looking at this fucking script. I wrote the goddamn movie. I'm going into my writing room. There was a spider on the door to go and write my There's script. A spider on the- yeah, she she uh, yeah. Ah, it is. And these were happening at the same time. I mean, like there was the the closest thing we got to deference from her uh, uh, on uh, on on Fantastic Beasts is when Comic Con twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen or whatever there was that funny quote unquote line where she's like, you know, uh, it turns out that writing a script is difficult, and like the crowd is all like, ha 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 ha, you're so funny, uh, J.K. Rowling, and she's like, yeah, it's very different from writing a novel. It is, yeah, and like. Yeah, you're right. It is different from writing a novel, but but at the same time, you were also writing a like like we're meant to believe that you were also writing a stage play. Like, no way, right? Like, I, is yeah, the implication I don't know. that they're trying to draw that she like wrote the story out and then Jack Thorne turned it into a script? No, because very specifically, I believe it says that it the story is by Jack jo- uh, Jack Thorne and uh, John Tiffany. I will look forward to our deep dive into interviews and the media marketing around this thing. 
Yeah, it's 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 very there is just no clear answer on this, right? And I, you know, I I I I, I because because I've been enjoying so much of the silliness of this thing i i i do want to keep you know i want to pump the brakes and check myself and be like okay i don't want to like <laughs> just say like well i like it therefore jk rowling couldn't have written it right like i i i i, I want to make sure that i'm doing my diligence here but like just looking at the themes and stuff on display here and the preoccupations that the writing has with particular ideas i'm like this is not she did not she she did not go deep on this thing you know what i mean like she did not uh she wasn't in charge i i i i i unless, unless this was just a, a an out of the blue idea that she had that went against everything that she's else that she's ever written uh i have a hard time believing that she did more than like you say do lore oversight at this point yeah that would be if i had to bet that is what that is what my guess would be outside of any remarks on enjoyment or quality yeah yeah it's it's very very different from her typical output is there anything else in the play itself you'd like to discuss or should we move on to our little closing segment i think i'm all good all right in that case i offer you a choice of listicles okay from Screen Rant, ah, our favorite website. My favorite website. I think we might have to do both of these at some point, mm-hmm. but I offer you a choice of two very different articles. Number one, Harry Potter, Five Ways Cursed Child Could Work as a Film and Five Ways It Couldn't. Mm-hmm. Or, Harry Potter, Five Reasons Why Cursed Child Should Be a Movie and Five Why It Shouldn't. You're kidding. <laughs> Which, which pick your poison? Is it good work as a film? Can you run those past me again? Is it could and should? Okay, (laughs) number article number Uh one: Harry Potter. Five ways cursed child could work as a film, and five ways it couldn't. Five ways it could. Okay. And then the other article: Harry Potter. Five reasons why cursed child should be a movie. (laughs) And five, why it shouldn't. Um, well, as they say, coulda, shoulda, woulda, so let's go with whatever one comes first. <laughs> we'll start with could. Yeah. Start with could, and then later we can do should. Yeah. Okay. Five ways Cursed Child could work as a film. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child it's without question the biggest selling play script. What an opening this line! This is without oh my a God. doubt true. With, without a doubt, the biggest selling play script. Picking up 20 years after the Deathly Hallows left off, the story follows the strained relationship between Harry Potter and his middle child, Albus Severus. Uh, despite its monetary success, Cursed Child has earned a mixed reception from fans, some of who choose to ignore its existence altogether. With so much working for it and against it, could Cursed Child (laughs) work as a film? I don't know. Could it? Well, let's find out. Ten. Is this could? Will. Wait, wait, wait. We're five reasons it could and five it couldn't? Yes. So we're starting at ten that it could. Ten that it well, see, this to make it even more confusing. Specifically, it's ten that it will the tenth, is the way they have phrased the tenth it here. Reason that it, it could. will work. 
<laughs> but, but they've but written it as that it it's, will. It's like could or couldn't, but it will. <laughs> but should it? We don't know. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait until we get to the next article to, to figure that one out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10. Will the soundtrack. Imogen Heap composed the score for Cursed Child and has created a suite of music that is whimsical, beautiful, and at times haunting. Uh, it's perhaps better than even the film scores from all eight oh, films. Oh, bullshit. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, not, not to come to the defense of the Harry Potter movies, but they had fucking John Williams <laughs> on three of those. Like, come on. Heap's music underscores almost the entire play, and when paired with the many dance sequences, it creates many dance sequences. Yes, alert! Blood ball. Alert! Blood ball real. Many dance sequences. It creates a sense we are watching a ballet or full blown musical at times, or a play. A film adapt. <laughs> blood ball. Blood ball. If a film adaptation leaned into this style, it would not only differentiate it from the rest of the Harry Potter films, but if done right, it could become one of the better stage-to-screen adaptations. Wait, wait, wait. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm trying to picture what kind of movie they're picturing. Are they picturing, like... Uh, is this a rent situation they're picturing? I, it sounds like, like the dances would make it to the movie. And are they saying, like, this is going to differentiate it from other movies because it's like a musical movie yeah okay. but there's no songs in it so it would be like yeah i don't know i don't know if this hmm. would differentiate it i guess it would differentiate it and i have no idea what the fuck is going on in the movie <laughs> nine won't losing the stage production which is the real winner so 10 was five for should or no for could. <laughs> okay, it was like the fifth reason that it could. And now nine is the fifth reason that it couldn't. couldn't. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. And it's um, the stage. It's the stage production. Okay. Uh, in simple terms, people buy tickets for Cursed Child because it is part of the Harry Potter brand. The script itself, story... Oh, hang on. This says story by J.K. Rowling plus American writers Jack Thorne and John Tiffany... Uh, written for the stage by Thorne, isn't anything spectacular. The real praise and magic of Cursed Child is how they've brought to life an otherwise average script and turned it into a spectacular feature. The staircase ballet, rotating stage platforms, and real use of real effects designed by magician-slash-illusionist Chris Fisher are the star feature of Cursed Child, and yet they're all factors that can only be pulled off on stage. Why's that? Yeah, we have, like, there's, like people that uh do something similar but for movies you know <laughs> we have special effects for movies that's a, that can, they can do god that would okay that is the way that they would honestly get me on board with a new fucking harry potter movie if they said like yeah it's all old school special effects no cgi i would be a big enough dork to go like ooh, ooh interesting show me yeah show me this show me the effects eight will so four reunited could <laughs> so four could, four could eight four will. could yep. four could eight will uh reunited original cast it goes without saying that the some of the casting choices for cursed child are being controversial hmm does that go without <sighs> saying what are you talking about you're the one rant? writing this you're the one writing it screen rant what are you talking about could you elucidate perhaps what you mean <sighs> 
Aside from that, chances are, if you aren't a UK native, then you saw a version of the play where the actors didn't deliver a British accent. Whoa. What? Whoa. Hold on. Really? I didn't know that. Did they really not do English accents for the why didn't they, US why version? Why didn't they get the American actors to do a, a bad British accent? That, Please. I was almost counting on Please. that. I was assuming that that's what was happening. Huh. Wait, what's Wizzo? Yeah, what, what, how do they say... Hmm, that, hmm, that, I'm thinking about this and it's hurting my so brain. Southern accent? <laughs> what's Wizzo? <laughs> <laughs> on top of that, considering Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, and Tom Felton played these characters for 10 years it feels inauthentic to see other actors in their roles you do not know what actors are authentic don't know what actors are nobody knows what actors are the only recasting to be done would be for the late alan rickman although benedict cumberbatch could be a (laughs) well-received replacement so true that's true i'm sorry i laughed so loud i think i blew out my mic (laughs) i was not expecting the benedict uh Benedict callback. This is true, <laughs> though. He would be a well-received replacement. I, yes, well-received. <laughs> Seven won't, so three can't. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, badly written and out of character. Touching back on the previous points. Hold on, this MF said point. <laughs> this says points. I'm taking a picture. This says points. Rowling wrote these characters for 10 years, and the original actors played these roles for just as long. If there is anyone who has a deep understanding of these characters, then it is Rowling in the film cast. The theater actors are able to inject their own take into their portrayal, but it doesn't always feel true to the characters the Potter fandom has loved for so long. Cursed Child is riddled with plot holes, inconsistencies with the canon, characters written out of character, lacking the same voice and charm as the books, and overall feels more like fan fiction than an official continuation of the series. Um, refer back to where I said that the original Harry Potter books are not character pieces. Also, <laughs> the original characters are like 40 in this. Yeah, people can change. It's not a big deal. I think Ron is really my only, like, question mark, right? Like... Yeah. And they're, the rest are pretty much working as intended. Six will. So three three could. Mm-hmm. Will. Harry is greater than Newt. That is so true. <laughs> I agree with this one. That's, that's a high bar right there. The Fantastic Beasts film series has gotten off to a shaky start. The first film fared well, but the follow-up was criticized for just about everything from writing to casting choices to consistency with canon. The spin-off series hasn't earned the same love and loyalty as the original series. Chances are, it, if given the choice of more Newt or revisiting Harry and his friends, the general public and devoted fans would choose the boy who lived. I got no notes on this one. This is just true. Yeah, honestly, yeah, pretty on the, on the money here, I would say. Mm-hmm. Five won't. Too long. <laughs> I wrote this. This was my guess. This was my guest point in the listicle. Too long. Cursed Child is such a behemoth of a play that it is broken up into two separate performances, each consisting of a two and a half hour runtime and twenty minute intermissions. To see the entire show would take just under seven hours. 
And yet, despite its drawn-out length, there are considerable issues with pacing. The first five years of Albus's time at Hogwarts are crammed into a few minutes. That is not, skimming... that is not the problem this has with pacing. <laughs> the first five years of Albus's time at Hogwarts are crammed into a few minutes, skimming over daily life at Hogwarts, which were the details which are the details that made readers fall in love with the original That's books. That's not what this story that is. is. That's not what this story is. <laughs> it's oh god people it's a different story (laughs) if this was like a 30 hour slice of life play like just like you go to the theater to see them walk around school it would be mind numbing (laughs) it's already too long it's already seven hours long they said they said so it's too long for will Rewritten for the screen. What? Yes. <laughs> for Will. Rewritten for the screen. For Will. Uh, two. Two could? Two could. Could be, could be rewritten for the screen. For Will, Two could. Rewritten for the screen. Yes, there are issues with timing, particularly pacing and structure. But if done properly, either broken down into a film duology or into a limited series, and done by the right writer, Steve Clovis could return, or some new blood could be brought in. Cursed Child has the potential to be done well. Cursed Child as a stage show could be suffering simply for the fact that the writers don't know how to edit down all the elements they wish to include, or when to cut... (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's that is rich. strong coming from fucking harry potter fans yeah wow <laughs> cursed child is in dire need of breathing room which could be done on screen room. so it needs to mm. be longer i yeah it's got plenty of breathing room it's seven hours long <laughs> that's plenty <laughs> Won't plot holes. This oh, sorry, excuse me. Three won't. <laughs> the th- three won't. Two couldn't. Isn't this could? What it couldn't because of plot holes? Okay, I'm on board. Yeah, three three won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did Voldemort ever make any mention of wanting an heir? Why? Why does what? He, That's not why, a. Pl- maybe he just kept what? it to himself. Why didn't Albus just tell the Sorting Hat he wanted to be in Gryffindor? Are we meant to believe young James Potter and Sirius Black never tried escaping from the Hogwarts Express and discovered the trolley lady in a security system? Maybe we just didn't hear about it. Is Cedric Diggory's turn for evil really believable? Sure. How are Albus and Scorpius able to see Lily Potter taking a pr- stroll with her pram? Which Okay, so that's something we haven't gotten to Probably yet, I guess. Probably some freaking time travel, if I had to guess. Uh, are we sure the portrayal of Snape isn't a thinly veiled attempt to convince some fans that he was really a true hero and not a toxic bully? Uh, yes, 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 yes. So much of Cursed Child doesn't make sense on its own and in comparison to the whole franchise. Could a film version make any of these questions go away? I am going to be the bigger person here. Because I will, I will not <laughs> stoop to this level of um, inter-fandom arguing. How about that? <laughs> Two will. So could, one could. Two will, oh, one could. Oh, this is one could? This is one could. This is one could one right One could here. make this into a movie. Accessibility. 
The cost of tickets to see First Child, <laughs> remember audiences must purchase two sets of tickets to see the full show, are extortionate. To see the Whoa. play with your family and friends could cost anywhere from $500 to upwards of $1,000. Not everyone has that kind of money to burn, which unfortunately creates a sense of classism and a horrible vibe of what it means to be a true fan. A sense of classism? <laughs> Fortunately <laughs> creates a sense of classism. What am I saying? And a horrible vibe of what it means to be a true fan. Sensing some, some vibes. <laughs> At the very least, a film adaptation would be able to even the field for all fans, giving everyone the chance to see the same body of work for the same price. I I, I, I mean, agree that people should yeah. be able to see it, right? It is not yeah. an accessible thing. I do think that it being couched in this, like, fandom solidarity is I a little don't goofy. Hear, yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear classism brought up as like a fucking fandom argument this is about thing. the fans this we is about the classist fans. to the fans classism is when fans can't <laughs> can't see a play it's like well uh okay um sure <laughs> they should make it accessible i do agree with the point here uh i think everyone should i also be do able sense some classism uh, like just generally <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly sensing classism from J.K. Rowling, uh, most of all, a lot of the time, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> one won't. Oh, I see they waited it um, that direction. What one one won't one one won't one couldn't okay. is is here is there yeah. last one here isn't loved by the fandom. The fans. The fans. I mean, and the fans have to fight so much, like classism uh, <laughs> and and uh, plays they don't like. And now this. As mentioned earlier, a significant amount of Potter fans have rejected Cursed Child, as well as the infamous Deathly Hallows epilogue. If a percentage of your target audience has already decided to ignore your work's validity within franchise canon, then you've got to work damage control to gain your audience back. I have some news for whoever wrote this. <laughs> People are going to go see a movie that is called Harry Potter. I don't yep. think there. No one is going to go. Oh, cursed child. Ooh. Yeah. Without a doubt, any kind of cursed ad child adaptation would sell. Without a doubt, it would make a huge profit at the box office, and with mass merchandising and a surge in book sales. Okay, done. You could just end it there. It, it would and make yet, a fuckload of the money. Reputation, the unsullied reputation. Can it survive? But numbers and money don't always correlate with the success or quality of your film or the love from your audience. If you can't deliver something that ticks those last two boxes, then are you really the winner? This is so naive. This is great. Well, this is really funny because, like, we have an example of this happening with the within the harry potter franchise like fantastic beasts is by accounting terms a flop yeah uh because nobody liked it and the word of mouth was really bad so like they're right in that like you know it'll it'll it, it'll sell and be bad but like i th i think if you look at the trends of like you know it's not like like uh, uh crimes of grindelwald bad movie the reviews are dog shit the word of mouth was dog shit it made less money than any other Harry Potter thing would have been projected to, right? Mm -hmm. Cursed Child, the fandom doesn't like it, but it is making more, more money than it ever has in its new form as a one, uh, 
uh, as a one act play or a one part play. It has uh, breathtaking reviews from theater critics who fucking love it. It won a billion Tonys or whatever. People go. To, I I went when I was looking for the list of like changes in the new version. Mm-hmm. I went to the subreddit and there are people on the Cursed Child subreddit who like go to see it regularly. Like they had compiled notes from various showings they had gone to see. Wow. Like this is theater people seem to really like this thing. Uh so it's just I don't think that's a comparable like like situ- situation, right? Like it's gonna I think if anything, the fans would just be upset that everyone liked it except them, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. I think that's the most likely scenario here. Incredible. Wow. One could. One could, one wouldn't. One one could two 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 could, five would. Much to think about. <laughs> I think that think if they about. made a movie, they would make a lot of money. I think they like, yeah, they will probably make a lot of money if they make a new Harry Potter movie. Yep. Thank you, Screen Rant. You are <laughs> correct. Ah, well, now I'm tempted by five ways it wouldn't work as a film and five ways it would. But we're going to have to save that for another day. Yeah, but will it? <laughs> will and it? And should it? And should it? And why? Five should, five. Should, should and five fuck <laughs> <laughs> all right god dude god between this and like the Kurt act one part two all that but but my brain is being i, I feel like i'm doing the the ds game i'm doing the the, the brain training with with this play oh yeah i can't i can't keep all these parts straight mm-hmm. all right well i think we have got a very successful act analysis under our belt here with act three what do you say we take it to the close yeah let's do it our theme song is hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon huge thanks to them as always for letting us use that as our theme song you can find them on bandcamp and you can find us at patreon.com slash shriekcast we have lots and lots of back bonus content there for you we got games we got podcasts we got books we read we've got new episode up recently um and we'll be getting some more up soon when we have the time and figure out kind of what we want to uh, uh record next and liz what are we reading next week so we are reading part two act four of the cursed child and we will be covering that over the next two weeks all right well with that in mind even even secure in the knowledge that if they had made another harry potter play or movie they would make a lot of money please Read another play. Please read another play. There's a lady in there, makes ocean roll seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.